0: All right. Thank you, choir. I trust this morning that you can say it is well with your soul. Amen. And the only way it can be well is through the Lord Jesus Christ. Good to see you this morning. I want you to take your Bibles. Turn with me, please, to the book of Luke, chapter number 12. Luke chapter number 12, I tell you, I'm going to be exactly where God wants me to be this morning. I wanted to keep on preaching those encouraging type messages, but this message is a message of exhortation. It is a message about responsibility and accountability. Somebody say amen right off the bat. We don't like to hear... As God's people and as human beings, we don't like to hear messages about human responsibility and human accountability, but I'm going to tell you something this morning, we are accountable before God. We're accountable to him for our minds, we're accountable to him for our bodies, our actions, our words, even our very thoughts, somebody say amen. And so let's begin reading here in Luke chapter 12, let's begin reading in verse number 42. And the Lord said, this is Jesus speaking, verse number 42, who then is that faithful and wise steward whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household to give them their portion of meat in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Of a truth I say unto you that he will make him ruler over all that he hath. But, and if, watch this, that servant say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to beat the men-servants and maidens, and to eat and drink and to be drunken, the Lord of that servant will come in a day when he looketh not for him, and at an hour when he is not aware, and will cut him in sunder, and will appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. And that servant which knew his Lord's will, and prepared not himself, neither did according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. But he that knew not, and did commit things worthy of stripes, shall be beaten with few stripes. For unto whomsoever much is given of him, shall be much required. And to whom men have committed much, of him will they ask the more. Father, we're grateful for the day. I pray you'd take this admonition and these warnings from our Lord Jesus, and I pray you'd speak to our hearts this morning through the Spirit of God. I pray, Lord, that you'd have your will and your way in our hearts this morning, that we've come not only to worship you, but we've come to hear from your precious Word. Bless each one that's come this way. Bless our service now in Jesus' name. I pray, Amen. Amen. Accountability and responsibility. First of all, we can tell that these verses deal with the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me just remind you right off the bat that just as He came the first time, He will come again. He's coming. Just as sure as there's a Bethlehem, there will be the blasting of a trumpet in the future. Amen. Just as sure that in the past there was a stable, in the future there's going to be a splitting of the eastern sky. Just as sure that in the past there was a cross, just as sure in the future there's going to be the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we look for his coming, it will change our three things about our lives. I want to give you three A's in just a minute. Jesus said he would come again. This is the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. When he was asked if he was the Son of God, he said, I am. And from henceforth, ye shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Somebody say amen. Amen. He is coming. He said he was coming. You know what? They asked him that question. He said, I'm coming. They didn't believe. You know what they did? They crucified the Lord. He said himself he was coming. But then angels said he was coming. In Acts chapter number 1, verse number 11, they said, when he ascended into heaven, angels said, hey, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye here gazing? This same Jesus that was taken from you shall, shall so come again in like manner. He's coming. You know what? Those who heard that believed it. They believed he was coming again, and it changed the way they lived their lives. It changed the way they had their ministries. Those apostles went on to win people to the Lord and begin the church. The New Testament epistles are full of the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter number 9, So as Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many unto them that look for him, shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Can I just tell you, friend, Jesus is coming. He is coming. The Revelation is a book that reveals not only his coming, but future prophetic events that will usher us all the way from time into eternity. Revelation chapter 3, verse number 11, Jesus said this, Behold, I come quickly. Hold fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Let me tell you something. If you don't believe he's coming, you'll act different than if you do believe he's coming. If you do believe he's coming, it will place on you an accountability and a responsibility. And hey, friend, let me tell you something. The Bible says, I saw the small and great stand before God, and the books were open, and another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged out of the things written in those books. We're all going to be accountable. Whether we don't believe and we're not ready, or whether we do believe and we are ready, we are accountable to God. It will change the way we behave. Let me give you three A's quickly and we'll be done. First of all, the second coming should change our anticipation. A, our anticipation. We live our lives in anticipation. We work anticipating a paycheck, right? We live our lives anticipating the next meal, amen. I'm kind of planning on Cracker Barrel today, amen. We anticipate. We anticipate things in the future. We anticipate happiness, excitement, suspense, hopefulness. Sometimes in our life, we anticipate fear or we anticipate dread. When a woman is expecting, she has an expectation, right? That's why we call it expecting. She's expecting to have a child. Jesus said that the last days would come. Like a woman in travail or a woman who's in her third trimester and she's starting to have contractions. And just as those contractions come with more frequency, they come with more duration, and they come with more intensity, Jesus said that that's the way things would be in the last days. That the signs that, that we're seeing now in the world, they're coming with more infrequency, and in more duration, and more intensity. We know Jesus is coming. And just as that woman who is about to have that child, she anticipates that, it changes her behavior. Some of you men say amen. Amen. I can tell you that every time Lisa got pregnant, she wanted to redo the baby's room. She wanted to, they call it nesting. Y'all ladies know what I'm talking about. And she'd begin to nest. And she'd start buying clothes. And she'd start buying furniture. And she'd start painting and wallpaper. And it had to be like, she's nesting. Oh, man, was I ever glad when she quit nesting. And finally had that baby. Hey, Jesus said that if we look, listen to me carefully, these verses reveal to us that if we truly anticipate his coming, it will change our behavior. We make preparations, we prepare our heart, we prepare our family, we prepare our life for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. It makes a difference to anticipate his coming. It changes the way that we live. The Bible says in John 3, 3, but we know that when he shall appear, that we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Listen this. And every man that hath that hope in himself purifieth himself. If you're looking for the Lord... If you're longing for the Lord, if you love the appearing of our Lord, it will cause you to purify yourself. Is there impurities in your life? Look for Jesus. Is there things in your life that needs to be put through the filter of the word of God, the filter of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ? The best thing you can do is filter that sin through there or anything that's not right with God and purify yourself before he comes. Our anticipation causes us to purify ourselves. Number two, there's not only an anticipation, there is an attitude. If we look for him, his second coming, if we believe it, it will change not only our anticipation, but it will change our attitude. Let me ask you a question this morning. What is your attitude toward the Christian life? What is your attitude toward your Christian life, your personal life, your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? What is your attitude toward it? Do you love him? Are you actively praying, reading your Bible, attending church, fellowshipping with other believers, growing in the Lord, or are you faithful? Because you know what? The times are here, amen. Amen. Jesus rebuked the Pharisees because he said, you know what boys, you guys can look and you can say if the sky is red in the morning that it's going to be bad weather. Hey, let me tell you something friend, they, he said you can discern the, the weather but you cannot discern the signs of the times and dear friend, when I take my Bible and I look at my daily newspaper, I can discern the signs of the times, somebody say Amen. Let me tell you what time we're at. We're at a time when the Lord Jesus Christ is about to come again. So what is your attitude toward the church? What is your attitude toward your life? Can you tell what the weather's going to be, but you have no clue that Jesus is ready to come? Listen. I think we ought to be prepared just as the hands on a clock tell us what time it is, so the signs that are going on in our world are showing us that Christ is soon coming. If I see the hands, I saw the hands on the clock this morning sweep toward church time, I began to get more excited. I began to take a shower and prepare my body and be clean and, and, and make sure my heart was clean and right with God. And and I began to prepare my mind and my heart through prayer. And I listen, what would I be if I stepped into this pulpit unprepared to preach, unprepared as the hands of the clock came closer to Sunday school time? What would I be if I was walking? Watching Andy Griffith with an uncaring attitude about the house of God. Somebody say Amen. And as we see the 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 time approaching that Jesus Christ is soon coming, what would we be if we just said, "Ah, it'll be all right." Let's just turn on the TV. Let's just relax. It's going to be all right. Don't get too excited, preacher. There's no need to get excited. There's no need to get enthusiastic. There's no need to stay prayed up. There's no need to go to church all the time. There's no need to fellowship with God's people. There's no need to read the Bible. Let me tell you something. That attitude will take you down a road of apathy. Amen. Apathy. Apathy. Unconcerned. Jesus rebuked the Pharisees. You can see it approaching, but you can't make preparations for it. Listen to me. At a time when we ought to be anticipating more his coming, we're becoming more apathetic. You know what the word apathetic means? Let me give you some some definitions of the word apathy. Indifferent. Are you indifferent to the things of God? Is it just K Sirrah, Sirrah? It's just church day. It's just Wednesday. You know, I, I don't need to go to church on Wednesday night. You know, it's just Bible study, prayer meeting. Hey, if he's coming, it'll change your life. If you thought Jesus was going to come before this afternoon, would you be on the altar at 12 noon today? If you thought Jesus was going to come this Friday, would you be in prayer meeting and Bible study this Wednesday? Amen, preacher. I'm, talk, I'm telling you the truth from the word of God. Apathy is indifference. Apathy is a lack of interest. Apathy is a lack of enthusiasm, a lack of concern. Hey, our hearts ought to be right this morning. Somebody say amen. amen. Our, our, the house of God ought to be respected. Somebody say amen. amen. The house of God ought to be respected. Our hearts ought to be right. Listen, our sins ought to be rectified in the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank God. We ought to be prepared if Jesus should come before I speak the next phrase out of the Word of God. We ought to be ready for His coming. Amen. If you're not ready, you need to get ready. That's what this whole message is about. Instead of being impa- anticipating His coming, we're apathetic toward His coming. As the church gets dis- distracted with antipathy, antip- let me read it. <laughs> Anticipation, apathetic. As we become more apathetic, the world becomes, falls into more apostasy. If the church doesn't care, why should the world care? If the church isn't enthused, That Christ has come, that salvation is real, that Jesus Christ is coming again, the world will stand before him. If the church isn't enthused about it, why should the world be enthused about it? It's no wonder that we fill ballgame stadiums and the church is empty. Amen. Apathetic. Oh, God, help us see our anticipation of his coming changes our attitude, second A. First A is anticipation, second A is our attitude. What is our attitude? It breaks my heart to see people just just get they don't care about standards. They don't care about holiness. They don't care about righteousness. They don't care about respecting the Lord and the things of God. <laughs> We're consumed with corruption because of it, amen. amen. When we respect the Lord and respect his house and respect the spirit of God that lives on the inside of us and we respect the word of God, listen, we respect the fact that he's coming again. It changes our anticipation. It changes our actions. Amen breaks my heart to see people just get this uncaring attitude. They begin to drift away. COVID takes them out. A little problem here takes them out. Something over there takes them out. They just get this uncaring attitude, drift away from the house of God. Hey, listen, don't you let anything take you out of the house of God. If you're hearing his word preached, if you love the Lord Jesus Christ, don't you let anything take you out of the house of God. Don't let it remove you from the place of blessing. I'm going to tell you something. I have made up my mind, dear friend. I don't care what goes on. I want to stay under the spout where the glory comes out. Praise God. Breaks my heart to see people. And the Bible says that, that that we're to stay in the house of God so much the more as we see the day approaching. As those hands on the clock get toward the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, as the signs show us he's coming, Hey, we ought to be more faithful. We ought to be more excited. We have ought to be more enthusiastic. Jesus is thundering out in these scriptures that we should diligently look for him. The prudence of knowing that he's coming will change our behavior. But watch this. The basic attitude, of, there are two people here. One has the basic attitude that the Lord was going to delay his coming. Either he's not coming or he's going to delay his coming. And his actions begin to be evil. Let me tell you what the Bible says. The Bible says that our Lord is coming. He will not tarry. Amen. He will not delay it. He will not wait. He's not going to wait on you. You say, well, I've got plenty of time, preacher. I'll get saved somewhere down the road. Oh, no, he won't tarry for you. You better get saved now. Today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. You say, preacher, well, you know, I, I know I ain't living exactly right, and I go to church every once in a while. And I, hey, listen, the, the, when the Lord comes, he's not going to tarry on you. He's not going to wait on you. He's not going to send you a little note and say, I'm coming in five minutes. You better get it right. Hey, the Bible says that he's coming in an hour when you think not. And the reason he d- has not set a time period is so it changes our, our anticipation. It changes our attitude. And thirdly, here's where I want to finish the message. It changes our actions. Your anticipation is a three-step process until it gets to your actions. Your anticipation will change your attitude, and your attitude will change your action. Amen. Let's see the difference in the belief system of these two stewards. Number one, the first steward was wise. Verse number 42, the Bible says, blessed is that, I don't know, I'm not going to read it, I'm just going to quote it. Blessed is that faithful steward, steward whom the Lord will find so doing to give uh, his the folks around him, meet in due season. I mean, that's what the Word of God says. That this person is just busy feeding other people. You know what I'm doing this morning? I'm feeding you. Amen. I'm feeding you the Word of God. I'm feeding me the Word of God. Much preparation has gone into this sermon and much prayer so I can feed you the Word of God. To give you some meat. Amen. You know what's going on this morning in pulpits all across America? Not meat, just a bunch of fluff. I didn't come this morning to give you a speech, I didn't come to give you a lecture, I didn't come to just give you a sermon or a message, I came to preach to you the word of God, amen. and to give you some meat, and give you something to chew on, and give you some sustenance. The faithful stewards, not just going to get up here and give you a bunch of fluff, feathers, amen. I hate pasta. Pasta's Pasta's useless. Give me a steak. You can have all the pasta and lasagna and spaghetti you want. Give me a steak, friend. You know what's going on in the pulpits? Just like a bunch of pasta. Ugh. Like when you feed cattle in the wintertime. You just feed them hay. That ain't nothing but a filler. Are you all with me? I'm not here to give you something, just a filler, something to fill the message. I'm here as a faithful steward of God trying to give you some meat and due season. You know what due season is? Due season means in a timely manner, early manner, a seasonably manner. Hey, God give, God fill our hearts this morning with the word of the living God. You know what fluff will do? Fluff will build you up for today, make you happy, get you excited. I mean in praise teams and all that stuff. Hey, let me tell you something. Fluff, but fluff won't help you tomorrow. You get the word of God living inside of you. You get the spirit of God living inside of you. When the preacher's out of the pulpit, there'll be something to change your actions. If you get the word of God in amen. So the first steward was faithful, a wise steward giving meat in due season. He's faithful, he's blessed. Jesus said, blessed is that servant. He, re- he shares in the rewards of the Lord, amen. He, Jesus said, hey, everything I have is gonna be yours. Hey, be faithful for a little while. Everything he's got is going to be yours. Heaven's going to be yours. A new body's going to be yours. Praise God. Hey, a place where there's no pain or sorrow, tears are wiped away. Hey, it's all going to be ours. Praise God. I don't know about you, but I want to live for that day. I'm not just living for today. I'm living for tomorrow. I'm not just living for today and tomorrow. I'm living for eternity. Praise God. He said, I'll give you what I've got. Blessed is that servant. But here's what I want to close the message. The wicked servant. The wicked servant. His anticipation waned. His attitude changed. And his actions got deranged. Say that again. His anticipation waned. His attitude changed. His actions... Got deranged. He began to live sinfully. The anticipation here of the wicked servant was, "My Lord delays His coming." Is that not what He said? Yeah. Hey, listen. The Bible says the Lord is not slack concerning His promise. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, were not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Thank God he's not slack concerning his promise. His anticipation waned. He no longer looked for his Lord. His attitude changed. He no longer cared. Then finally his actions became deranged. He began to live sinfully. The actions toward his soul changed. He began to eat and drink self-fulfillment. Ouch. Getting quiet. His actions toward his soul changed. I'm just, it's all about me, man. It's all about my desires. It's all about what I want. It's all about self-fulfillment. Let me tell you something. Life's all about Jesus Christ. Jesus said, if you'll lose your life for my sake, you'll find it. I'll preach that next week if the Lord will let me. If you'll get on board with Jesus Christ, you'll find the meaning and the purpose for life. Amen. I don't want to preach next week's message. Let's go on. His actions toward his soul changed. His actions toward his spirit changed. He began not only to eat and drink, but he began to be drunken. Is that not what the Bible says? He didn't look for his Lord. His anticipation changed. His attitude changed. Now his actions are changed. And we see him drinking. Oh my. You know what he's doing? His attitude toward his spirit changed. He's drinking in other spirits. Spirits. That's what drunkenness is. Let me say it again. That's what drunkenness is. That's what dope is. It's drinking in other spirits. Why do you think when you go down to the store? They say, they call them spirits. They don't call it alcohol. They call it spirits. It'll lift your spirits, yeah, and it'll take you to hell. Amen. Amen. His attitude toward his soul changed. He began to eat and drink. His attitude toward his spirit changed. He began to be drunk. His attitude toward his fellow man changed. He began to beat the men, servants, and maidens. You say, now, preacher, you know, I may not be the best Christian in the world. And I may not go to church all the time. And I may not live like but I'll never beat somebody. There's different ways to beat people. I know a lot of Christians who beat somebody else out of something they owed them. Amen. They stopped paying their payments. Somebody say amen. You say preacher ain't nobody swinging off a ceiling fan shouting glory hallelujah. No, but we need it. I, I know a preacher. He, he beat everybody. Every time he bought something, he beat them out. You know what? He was, his ministry was never blessed. And he never did figure it out. It was because he beat everybody that he come in contact with. God help us to be honest. You know why I'm honest? I am accountable. We're talking about accountability and responsibility. Jesus is coming. George Jesse will stand before the Lord Jesus Christ and give an account of every idle word. Amen. Every fault, that changes my aptitude, my attitude, my anticipation and my action. Amen. He began to beat. There are different kinds of beatings. You can verbally beat somebody. Amen. You can browbeat somebody. I tell you what, you get a Christian who ain't right with God, I'd rather deal with an old wicked drunk sinner as deal with a backslidden Christian. I'd like to say that again. You want to get in a mess, deal with a backslidden Christian. <laughs> He'll beat you. That old drunk, he's just a drunk. He don't know the difference. That person's shooting up. they just shooting up. They don't know the difference. But a Christian knows the difference, and they're acting that way. You know why? They don't think there'll be accountability. Somewhere in their life, their attitude has changed toward the Word of God, toward the Lord Jesus Christ, toward his second coming, and they say, oh, the Lord's delaying his coming. I'll just go ahead. Listen, let me tell you something. People look for loopholes, that's what this servant did. He looked for a loophole. Well, you know, I think the Lord's going to delay his coming. I'm not sure it's how quick it is. I wonder just what I can get by with. Oh, I'm going to get on your toes. You know what the attitude of most Christians are? What can I be, how can I be saved and still get by with how can, I, how can I just, I want just enough to be saved and stay saved, and then I want to see what I could get by with. I want to see how many loopholes I can find. Let me tell you something. You ever anticipate that Jesus could come in the next minute, your life will change. You ever anticipate you could give an account of God? Listen, I could have a heart attack right now and give an account of, to myself of God in one minute. I could be standing before the throne of God, and I want my life to reflect the fact that I believe that. Boy, there's different kinds of beating. Well, accountability, drinking. What's what, what's what happens to his life? Drinking and violence, drinking and violence. Let me give you a quote from the CDC. Listen to this. The American Society of Addiction Medicine notes that between 28 and 43% of violent injuries and 47% of homicides, that alcohol is involved. That's not the Bible. That's the CDC. Jesus said this man who is uh, not anticipating his Lord's coming is drunk. Now he's beating people. So there's drinking, there's violence associated with it. Amen. Amen. Even those, listen to this, the quote goes on, even those who consume moderate, and I hear a lot of Christians say, oh, I can drink, I just need to drink in moderation. Wrong. Amen. Amen. Be ye filled with the Spirit. Amen. Amen. Be not drunk, where it's excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Even those, here's the CDC, even those who consume moderate amounts suffer from aggressive Behavior. It's no wonder that Jesus said in the end of time, as that clock ticks toward his coming, that perilous times would come. Aggressive behavior. Violent behavior. That's where we are, folks. Last night, my wife and I were driving over here. I'd gotten a load of hay, parked that load of hay over here behind Fellowship Hall, had the truck detached from it. I was driving back to attach the truck back to the trailer. Two carloads of hoodlums. I didn't know who they were. It was not a case of road rage. No violence took place. They followed us into the parking lot. They pulled up intimidating with their lights on bright. And they watched us. And I'm like, is that church people who recognize us and they're messing with us, you know? I didn't know what was going on. Then... They revved their engines up. They did donuts around in the big parking lot, came over here, did donuts in this parking lot, and sped back off. I have no clue. It was a random act. I, I, you know, I said, Lisa, did I bright light them guys? No. Was I driving? No. It was a random act of violence in the church parking lot last night. Say, what would you do? I got my pistol, Amen. Amen. Yes, sir. Now, I said a little prayer. I like to have Jesus with me, but Smith and Wesson makes awful good friends. <laughs> you say, them boys, I don't know who they were. I have no clue. I've got a description of the car. I'll call Chip Schuller in a little while and tell him. But listen, they probably didn't know the Lord, but they don't know how close to about meeting him they are. Amen. <laughs> now, what are you saying, preacher? Violence is coming in the last days. Oh my goodness, it's a sign of his coming. Watch what happens to the unbeliever. Verse 46, i got to close. Verse number 46, let's read it. The Lord of that servant, that wicked servant, that drunk servant, that servant who's misbehaving, who's beating other people, in a day when he looketh not for him, and in an hour when he's not aware, and will cut him asunder, and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. Now wait a minute. Here's the last point. That person, that hypocrite, he wasn't wasn't an atheist. He said, my Lord delayeth his coming. He had faith, didn't he? He knew the Lord was real. He knew the Lord was coming. But he said, it ain't going to happen too fast. I'll go this way. Oh, let me say it again. I know the Lord's real. I know he's coming. But he's going to delay. It ain't going to happen too fast. And I'll go this way. I'll go my way. I'll go the alcohol way. I'll go the fleshly way. The Bible says four things happen. The, Lord's coming where he, whether the Lord is coming, whether he's ready or not. He's coming, number two, verse 46, at a time when he least expected. Number three, he cuts him asunder, and he appoints him his, in the category of unbelievers. Hmm. Verse 47 is the punishment, and that servant which knew his Lord's will, he believed some, he had some faith, he had some knowledge of the Lord's will, but he prepared not himself, neither did according to his will, was beaten with many stripes. There's a punishment. Let me tell you something about hell. Hell is a punishment of beating with many stripes. And this, listen, here's where I'm at. Here's where I want to end the message. There are people in this very building right now. You know the Lord's real. You know the Bible's true. The preacher's preached his coming. I know the Spirit of God has spoken to your heart and told you that everything I've preached this morning is fact and not fiction. You know it. You just think it ain't gonna happen today. Oh, it won't happen to me, preacher. I mean, I'll be okay. Yeah, you know, I'm not gonna meet the Lord today. Who knows? Amen. I'll leave you with this illustration. The Lord delays. Before you bow your head, I want you to look up here at me. He's not going to delay. He's not going to wait on you. He's not going to wait on me. The state of my heart, the state of your heart, will not prevent him from coming or from him taking you to deal with you in one minute. J.W. DePew preached a message like I'm preaching. He said there was a young lady in the very back and she got under conviction. She wouldn't get saved. Her family begged her to get saved. He pleaded with her to get saved. She said, preacher, I can't. It's prom time. And I'm going to, I've got my prom dress bought. And I'm going to, I've got my date to the prom is the head football player. And I'm going to put that prom dress on. I'm going to go have me a good time. And I'm going to go out with that boy and do anything I want to do. That's my plans. Her family begging her on the way home from church that very night. She was in a car accident. The car caught on fire, flipped upside down. She was pinned, and she burned to death in that car while her family looked on and couldn't do one thing about it. You see, her attitude was, I've got plenty of time. I can put it off for one more day. One more little trip to the flesh. One more little desire. One more, and all of a sudden, She's standing before God. I'm leaving you on a somber note on purpose. Because number one, Christian, I want your life to be changed by the anticipation, the attitude, and the actions of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want it to change, Christian, your thought pattern, your life pattern, I want it to change the way you make your plans for tomorrow. The way you treat your neighbors. The way you live your life. Your thought pattern. Jesus said, when you think you've got plenty of time, when the world thinks it's got plenty of time, that's when the Son of Man is going to come. Oh, preacher, I don't anticipate it. I've heard that all my life. Jesus is coming. well you better believe it because I'll end the message like I started just as sure as there's a Bethlehem in the past there's going to be a blasting of the trumpet in the future just as sure as he came to a cradle and to a cross he is coming now here's what I want to ask you would there be one here this morning you say preacher I ain't right I'm not saved would you pray for me would you slip up your hand Slip up your hand. Just, you don't have to slip it up high just in front of you just so I can see it. Nobody's looking anyway. Very reverent this morning. Thank you. Anybody? Preacher, I, I'm not saved. I don't know Christ. I know everything you preached is true. I'm just not ready. Hey, <laughs> we want to see you get ready. That's why we're here. We want to see you get saved. That's why we're here. We want to see you prepare. That's why we're here. We want to give you Jesus. We wait a moment. Anybody say, preacher, pray for me. Now, church, I'm not going to ask you as a Christian to slip up your hand. But I want you to ask yourself in your heart of hearts, in the very middle of your being, the center of who you are, Christian, are you completely and totally right with God? Are you ready for Him to come? You say, preacher, my actions are right. Well, remember... The actions didn't slip until the attitude slipped. Well, you say, my attitude's still pretty good. Well, the attitude didn't slip until the anticipation slipped. Whatever you do, don't you stop looking for Jesus. I'm going to give you one verse to get on this altar if you need to get right with God. Why don't you make it right? Why don't you go out of this church today with a clean heart, a clean slate? Christ, can. you say, preacher, I'm, I've been saved and and... and You know, I've just just sort of just drifted a little bit. I'm not as enthusiastic over church in my Christian life. I'm just not as enthusiastic. Well, won't you get on the altar and get some enthusiasm, praise God. Won't you get a spirit about you that you love Jesus? Won't you get a spirit about you that you're ready for the second coming? Won't you get a spirit about you? A godly spirit. We wait just a moment. He said he's coming as a thief in the night. Let me ask you this before I close. Are you happy? Happiness is a state of being. And that state of being can only be reached in the Lord Jesus Christ. Some of you this morning, you listen to me carefully. I know what I'm talking about. Some of you are miserable. You're mean. You're mean-spirited. You're miserable. and, and, And you ain't right God. Hey, let's just say it like it is. Why don't you give that to the Lord and go out here with a sweet spirit, Amen? Go out of here with joy in your heart. Christ can fill you with joy and happiness like nobody else, Amen. Praise God! Won't you bring it to Him?